You're listening to Gaston County Government's Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, we're headed to HR. And no, I didn't do anything to warrant it. We've got Amia Massey and Lisa Wasin coming in to talk to us about what Human Resources does here at Gaston County and why they play such a critical role in making sure that everything keeps moving the way it should. All right, so we, we've got um, a, a pair of human resources episodes that we're doing as part of Savvy Citizen, um, and we're talking today with the director, um, Amiya Massey, and then Lisa Wasin, who is our risk manager, and uh, I feel like kind of we could almost put jack of all trades because of all the different things that you actually do, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but uh, Janet Schaefer's joining me, and we're, we're talking to the two of them just to get a better idea of what HR is. Because I think, for me, when I think HR, it's like onboarding and getting ready to, to come into the job, or you're getting sent to HR because you accidentally put your foot in your mouth, <laughs> and now we've got some disciplinary action coming up. Um, but there's obviously much more to it than that. Yeah, Amanda, do you want to get started and tell us um, kind of what you do, how long you've been with Gaston County and in your role? and. Okay, sure. So um, thank you all for having us here today. Mm -hmm. Um, We're excited to talk a little bit about HR. Um, I have been with the county for over 10 years. Um, I actually started off in 2001 as a social worker. Oh, wow. I worked in adoptions and um, licensing and um, left the county. I came back in 2011 as an HR coordinator left the county again and came back. And um, then I've just kind of transitioned into the assistant director and then into the director role. So a lot of experience here, a lot of HR experience. There are many facets to human resources. Uh, We have the compensation and benefits team. We have the talent and acquisition team, which also encompasses our engagement team. We have risk management, and then we have employee relations and learning and development. So there's a variety of things that we do organizationally to ensure that uh, we are driving forward with our organizational goals and objectives, making sure that we take care of our employees and we provide the best service possible as it relates to benefits and compensation. We want to be an employer of choice. And so with that, I have a dynamic team. I'm grateful to lead a wonderful team that has a heart for people. Right. So, and those are all a lot of the things that you do on paper, but you also kind of take a role in um, rolling out new initiatives for the county as well. And, you know, um, especially during the pandemic, you guys played a huge role in that, that doesn't necessarily fall right under HR Mm -hmm. clearly, but but um, they've been a leader in a lot of a lot of organization wide initiatives. Yes, the COOP team, the yes. uh, continuity of operations team. Uh, Dr. Eagle asked me to lead that. No experience whatsoever. <laughs> However, we made it happen. It was a great. Uh, we had a great team of people. Uh, wasn't just um, you know one particular department or one person, but as a team, we worked together to ensure that our employees were safe. That we addressed the issues we needed to address as it related to the pandemic. We also were able to incorporate some new policy, which has helped um, our telework policy, which has helped with our recruitment and retention mm-hmm. efforts. So that was a big major. Um, Um, accomplishment and it was a big task where we all joined together a lot of collaboration um, with other departments other directors and um, so yes we've we've had many initiatives the 401k program which we're all excited about Um, 
we rolled out our compensation um, study. We've completed that and um, we're able to give um, increases to all employees. Uh, we're working to be a leader in the market within our region. And uh, we now have a sound compensation philosophy and a methodology for bringing in employees and also for addressing some of our um, more difficult um, areas, our, our more priority areas, departments where it's hard to, you know, it's hard to um, hire for those positions. So we want to be um, competitive. And um, we also want to bring in top talent. And so we're grateful for leadership for supporting that effort um, and ensuring that we're able to have a total rewards program that um, helps to meet the needs of, of, of our citizens and meet the needs of our community. Well, and I, I wanted to follow up on that. And then I wanted to, to jump back to something Janet said and, and go over to Lisa about some of the COVID stuff. But um, I've been here for going on close to three years now, and it's amazing just in that period of time how much progress has been made in terms of um, increasing some of those things that you were talking about. I mean, in terms of the the, the 401k is, has been approved by the board and, and um, the, the compensation study has been done in that time. It's just, it's, it feels like we're light years ahead of where we were just three years ago. Yes. It's interesting. You say that um, Matt, uh, my boss and I had a conversation and I was just telling him how grateful I was for the leadership because of the shift in our organization. Um, there's more focus on strategy, on strategic planning, um, being uh, really clear about our direction. We have organizational values now. We are all committed to the one mission of providing excellent public service every day. Um, the, the key of, of collaborating and working with departments, um, being more data centric. And so there are lots of things that I, I believe from a leadership standpoint, um, you know, Dr. Eagle coming on board and, and our leadership team, the board of commissioners, all being supportive of us progressing and moving forward. And that has been very exciting for our team because there's so many things that we've wanted to do. Um, to affect positive change, to, you know, help to better our culture and better opportunity uh, within the organization. And now we have the support to do that. Um, I, I would say probably one area that I would love to grow more in is, is people, um, just to ensure that we have, can maintain the capacity and that we have the bandwidth con to continue doing the great things that, that we're doing. Right. Yeah. And, and Lisa, I wanted to, to jump back to Janet was mentioning that there was a lot of stuff that fell on HR during COVID and a lot of that stuff has fallen disproportionately on your shoulders in terms of yes. um, having to, to handle um, kind of the changes that you're seeing out of, of the federal government in terms of like what the guidelines are on quarantining and keeping up with all that. And then uh, trying to stay on top of nearly 1800 employees that <laughs> have different work environments. And uh, it's you definitely know. been a challenge yeah. and COVID has become a, a lot of my, my work uh, the, for the past almost three years, um, both at work and out of work, because I get a lot of out of work calls. But to give you an idea, as of today, I've screened 3,345 employees wow. for COVID and 251 have been tested for COVID. Wow. So it's still ongoing. I'm still receiving calls each week. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot to keep up with. And it's, um, as you said, something we didn't expect. Yeah, that was me a few weeks ago. I had to call Lisa. And, uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I right. thought I was in the clear. It had been like two and a half years and, and nothing. And then here we are. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely not going away. I think just about all of my colleagues that I work with have had it. Just about everybody in my family has had it. And I'm over here still playing dodgeball, but I'm going to get whacked in the uh -oh. face at some point. Yeah, sure. I bragged about it. Yeah. I bragged about it. And then next thing That's you know. That's what got you. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how long have you been in your role, Lisa? I've been almost five years okay. here with Gaston County. I have 29 years of government experience. Oh, wow. Um, I've been in safety over 20 years. Cool. So, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy safety. Um, and with the COVID exposures, you know, the algorithm, as you were saying, federal government changes guidelines a lot. So mm-hmm. it's had to be rewritten many times. Uh-huh. And I've done that with the health department in conjunction with them. So it's something changing all the time with COVID. Oh, yeah. Let's take a break to hear a word from our sponsors. Oh, wait, just kidding. We don't have sponsors. These are just some cool things happening in and around Gaston County. Want to know what's coming up in the month ahead? Check out our Looking Ahead videos, produced each month in both English and in Spanish. We feature key dates, events you'll want to mark your calendars for, and so much more. Watch them on demand on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Find them in the Ion Gaston playlist. Pre-COVID, what was a typical day more like for you? Like, what are some of the things that you more traditionally handle that you still obviously have to deal with on as part of your job now just with COVID added into it? Right. A, a large component are workers' comp claims. That's not all that safety does, but... You know, um, I'm on call 24-7 for any injured employees when they need care. And I direct their care and authorize their care. So that was a large part of my job. Also, safety facility audits. Each um, department has to be audited yearly. Mm. And so I'd go around. You look um, for anything that's, you know, unsafe. Write those up on facility audits. I send those to um, public works, facilities management, and also to the department director so they can be corrected. Um, so those are the typical things. Also, drug testing is a big part of my job. Pre-employment drug test, random drug test, post-accident drug testing, and reasonable suspicion drug testing. So that was more of a typical kind of day. With safety, you never have a typical day, really. I mean, you know, you can plan your day, and it will completely be different. Yeah. And that's what I love about safety and what I don't love as much about safety <laughs> is you never have a typical day. You know, you don't I know feel what's going to wait. I feel yeah. that very deeply. <laughs> <laughs> I can plan my week as much as I want, and it, it almost seems like this almost seems silly at some point because I know it's going to go sideways at some point. With safety, it never fails. You, you don't know what's going to wait. So it's exciting sometimes. So what's the typical workers' comp complaint look like, if you can if you can say that? Or what is, maybe not for Gaston, but in general, what do you hear about? Well, no, no workers' comp claim is the same. Yeah. Um, it's different. Of course, you know, depending on the apartment, you have greater risk with maybe back injuries in some areas than others, falls in others. Right. So there is no typical workers' comp claim. But supervisors do call me when employees are injured, and then they fill out HR Form 100 and 101, which is the employee statement and the supervisor statement. And I'll authorize their care and get them sent to either Caremont Occupational Medicine, Urgent Care if it's after hours, or the ER if it's after hours. You know, I follow up on all of those claims. Sometimes they could be closed within a week or so. Some take years. I think my mm. oldest claim right now goes back to 2012. Oh, wow. So there's, there's a lot going on. Um, also, you know, there, there's just with the, all the doctor's appointments, with the um, prescriptions, um, sometimes I work with nurse case management on mm. the claims. I have a nurse case manager assigned to that employee for maybe a more serious injury. And also I work with our legal team here and sure. maybe with an employee's attorney sometimes. So it's just a lot that goes into it. 
And I just want to jump in. She does fantastic keeping up with all that. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like a lot. Very detailed oriented. And she's one of those. You have to also have some compassion with this role. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you're trying to instruct and ensure people are following, you know, policies and safety guidelines and um, mitigating risk. Lisa has a, a very good way of building the relationship so that the employee knows our first concern is, you know, making sure they're safe. Mm -hmm. They're getting the um, treatment that they need, but they're able to get back to work. Mm -hmm. And so she um, just does a great job building those relationships. You hear her gentle voice. So she knows how to, you know, have those kind of tough conversations um, to help them to, to know that, you know, their their treatment and their safety is our utmost, you know, concern. Thank you. And that's my goal is to get them well and get them back to work. Um, and I'm available to our injured employees anytime, 24-7. Many have called me after hours or on the weekend if they're upset about something, they're in pain. So I'll always help them with what they need. And aside from following up with like maybe the legal and financial side of workers' comp, do you also say say someone trips on something and that becomes a workers' comp claim? Do you work with like public works to address that facility? Because you also do the facility audits, yes, safety definitely. audits as well. I've had several trip on stairs, um, and I have gone with Mike Lee. We'll go to the site and investigate it. Um, we'll make sure the risers are the correct height. And if not, um, they'll be redone. And we have had that done here. And it's not just reactionary. You guys come around and you'll look at the areas and, and kind of address some of those We those definitely things. want to be proactive. And that's why we do safety facility audits. If we see something that's unsafe that could cause an injury, we want to address it. And we want to get it repaired before that injury can happen. And as far as near misses, um, I would like for more to be reported on near misses. But employees do notify me sometimes of something that they're seeing that could cause an, an injury or an accident. That's brilliant. I've never thought about um, reporting a near miss. Right. I definitely need to keep that in the forefront of all my employees' minds if something almost happens so that we can take care of it. Yeah, and we have safety right. committee meetings monthly, um, a representative from each department. We meet, um, since the pandemic, we meet sometimes on uh, a PowerPoint. That's our meeting. Mm. But we meet about four times a year in person. And a lot of things come up in those meetings. Employees will let me know what they're seeing in their department maybe what needs, um, you know, to be repaired or fixed, and I'll go out there. So that, that's been a great resource, and they're kind of my eyes and ears in the department because I can't be everywhere, so they've, they're a great team. Well, and, and on that subject of safety, um, the Human Resources Department and I think several other departments have won um, Department of Labor awards for safety, right? Right. We have the safety awards banquet every year. I send that information. It's sent in January to OSHA, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and also um, to the safety awards banquet. And I've been so proud of our departments. This past year, we had 19 departments to receive either a gold or silver award, and that's huge. And usually we have that banquet in June of every year. It's at the Gastonia Conference Center and the Commissioner of Labor is there to speak. So it's a great time with employees, and it kind of rewards um, what they've done in safety for the past year. I've been really proud of that. So have you noticed a trend in any work-from-home injuries, or is that even something that would get reported to you? It would be reported to me, but I have not had any, thank goodness. Oh, that's good. I'll knock on wood right now. You know what happens when you brag, though? (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that to me, Jen. (laughs) Don't do that to me, Jen. But but no, I haven't, and we've been fortunate with that. That's great. That's great. So, I mean, talking about kind of work from home, I mean, that was, uh, and I know that uh, IT did a lot of the heavy lift in terms of getting people 
um, transition to be able to work from home in a very short period of time. But I mean, human resources had to do a lot of work to make sure that, you know, everybody was checking the right boxes, you know, when we transitioned a lot of our workforce in, in early 2020 to, to work from home. Yes, um, IT did a fantastic job helping to get us set up and, and to just be able to have the access. We worked together to um, with the departments to identify those initially essential employees and people who um, needed to have remote access immediately. And then um, once we got that established, then we just kind of opened it up and worked with those departments um, to make sure employees that they wanted to be able to have remote access could. Um, we worked to establish the policy so that we would have some guidelines and some clear parameters around what working from home means. So, you know, being able to, you know, report within an hour, making sure that um, they have the, the location and the space. So there's some clear, you know, kind of criteria for being able to do that. I, it's been a huge advantage for us. Um, I, I know for government, um, many places that was unheard of prior to mm-hmm. uh, COVID. Um, there were some departments that did have it on a limited basis, but now I believe that um, just across the nation, more people are taking advantage of it. I, I looked at a position for Wake County, and it was 95% remote, and I thought, oh, how do wow. you do that right. <laughs> in HR? How do you, but you know, just it again, how we're doing business, it looks different now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still able to operate efficiently and we're still able to be effective. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's our goal. Well, I think you saw that, I mean, Charlotte in particular being such a huge financial sector in the country, I mean, a number of the big banks in downtown have, I mean, there's still some of them that haven't brought back their employees full time and have looked at that and gone, do we really need some of these buildings? I mean, it's like, we figured out like we can do this really effectively in a different way than we were doing it before. Yes. So location space wise, um, there are many people, I have a friend that works, um, at one of the banks and, you know, she doesn't have an office anymore, you know, because if you're not coming in they're you know, repurposing, you know, that space. Mm -hmm. Now I know we're probably not pushing for that because a lot of us are needing more space. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but, but it really has been a wonderful opportunity um, for our employees to be able to have that access and be able to remote, to work remotely, even with the, the inclement weather, you yep. know, the recent issue we had now, you know, it's not about matter of just having to close down altogether, but people have access to be able to work from home. They can. Speaking of needing more space, you guys just moved. So a lot of employees may not know this, but you guys are now on the first floor of the admin building. Um, And I think that's awesome because you guys probably see, well, now that tax is is elsewhere, they used to see a lot of um, in-person people, but you guys probably deal with employees the most, of course. So, so now um, employees have easier access to you all, correct? Yes. Yes. So I think that's probably one of the best changes is having um, HR on the first floor. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're extremely accessible to our employees as well as to citizens that may want to come in and talk about applications or specific Mm -hmm. jobs. It was a collaboration between IT and between tax. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just grateful because we're growing. Mm -hmm. We were expanding. And so we had become locked in. And again, you know, when we focus on service delivery Mm -hmm. and making sure that we can um, do that in the best efficient way possible, um, it was good for us to be able to have this opportunity to transition downstairs. Do you still have people coming in looking for you on the second floor or oh, third yeah. floor? Or, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot y'all were on the third floor too. Yeah, they're like, oh, we didn't know you moved. <laughs> hey citizens, are you feeling savvy yet? 
If not, let's take a break and hear about some cool things happening in and around Gaston County. Do you have a child that's learning to read and loves animals? We've got the program for you. Check out our Animal Care and Enforcement Shelter's Happy Tales program. Children get to practice their reading with a shelter animal as their audience. Build up your child's confidence in reading and share some love with our shelter animals at the same time. The program is offered from 10 to 11 a.m. on three upcoming Saturdays, January 21st, February 11th, and March 11th. What do you think, and I'll, I'll ask this question to both of you, what do you think maybe the most common misperceptions are about what HR is and what HR does? Um, I've had employees tell me um, I'm, I was afraid to come to HR, and, and that's happened fairly recently. I'm like, mm. why would you be afraid to come to HR? Because I do ask employees who are injured after their initial doctor's appointment to bring in their paperwork, and, and one employee was actually shaking, and I'm like, what is wrong? Well, I'm, I'm afraid to go to HR. HR is here. We're the heartbeat of, of the employees. We're the heart of the organization. Um, so employees should know that they can always come to us. I don't know if maybe they've had a bad experience elsewhere, and maybe they were called to HR for some um, disciplinary mm-hmm. action. But, no, we're here to help the employees, and that's, I really want them to know that. And we really care about them. So I get we're the principal's office. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm going to the, oh, HR is called, even my peers, directors. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, what are you calling for? Um, so, yes, we, we sometimes have a bad rap. However, I hope that um, our team dispels any myths. Um, we are, I look at us as partners. I believe mm-hmm. that we partner with the organization. Um, we partner with leadership we partner with employees uh, to be a resource. Um, we advise, we counsel, we coach. Um, but again, just making sure that we can provide the answers that are needed to whatever issue or problem may come up. Um, we want to be the solution. So we want to be able to, you know, for employees to come to us um, to, you know, get solutions, to get ideas about how they may need to address or handle a situation. Uh, sometimes we have employees come and talk about personal things um, as it relates to their benefits or, or you know, retirement. That's, that's a huge thing. Um, and when you're considering that, you know, you, there's lots of feelings behind it. So we're very grateful for our retirement coordinator, which is a position that we didn't have before. But now we have someone who is solely dedicated to working with individuals who are considering retirement or who are retiring. So I believe we're partners. It's a partnership, um, one where we want to collaborate and be there as a resource. So we never want people to be afraid to come to us, but know that we're here to listen and um, provide direction as, as much as we can. And I will say all of the HR employees have always been so friendly and so easy Mm -hmm. to talk to. Maybe it's because they're aware of that perception of HR, so they make themselves more approachable. But that's definitely, um, I've definitely never hesitated. I view you guys more as a partner than than the principal's office. Yes. Well, thank you. (laughs) The teacher is not the principal. (laughs) And part of that comes from our own values. Um, We have the values of the county, which we govern ourselves by, but we also have HR values. And I care. Mm -hmm. That's an acronym for integrity communication, accountability, respect, and efficiency. Mm. So anytime that you come into contact with any of us, we want you to know that we care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. You, you were talking a little bit earlier about just some of the benefits. Um, and one of the things that obviously, as we've all kind of gone through the pandemic, that maybe 
um, it still needs to be talked about is the availability of EAP and for mental health. I mean, it, it feels like even for people that quote unquote made it through this unscathed, nobody really did. I mean, this has taken right. a huge, I mean, physical toll for a lot of people. We've lost people, we've lost employees. We've, um, but there's just, there's a mental health aspect to this that, I mean, is the biggest elephant in the room that you could possibly find. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Adam, for bringing that up. Our uh, EAP provider is McLaughlin and Young, and they um, are a wonderful resource for our employees. Employees can receive up to five free sessions per issue. And so if an employee does feel the need to reach out and they want to talk with a counselor or someone who's objective, we recommend that they go through our EAP services. If there's any issues or problems contacting them, then please feel free to contact us, um, and we'll be able to kind of help them navigate through that. But, you know, that's one of the things that I continue to keep in front of our staff as well as um, my peers, you know, let's do our check-ins. I believe in one-on-one meetings. I believe in um, making sure that you're having some contact with your employees because, as you stated, there was a lot of loss through this. Um, It was just unknown territory. Um, All of us trying to figure out, you know, what to do next and and how do we protect ourselves. And so um, it's important that our mental health, our mental wellness um, is something that we really put in the forefront. Um, We want our employees to be um, not only ready and equipped to do their jobs and be productive, but we've got to make sure from a mental standpoint that they have the mindset to do what needs to be, you know, they need to do and that they have the tools to be able to handle when pressure comes and be able to cope. So um, we definitely encourage using our EAP services. Um, If there are questions about that, they can reach out to any HR personnel and we'll be able to give them that information. Well, great. Thank you both for taking such good care of Gaston County employees and not just our um, mental or our physical safety, but our mental and even sometimes financial with retirement. So you guys, we're, we're definitely in good hands um, and we appreciate you all thank coming you. to talk to us about this. Well, thank you. As Lisa stated, uh, we're the heart yes. of the organization mm-hmm. and the employees are our most important asset. And we want to do whatever we can to make sure that each and every employee um, loves what they do mm-hmm. and they have the resources to do what they need to do. Barriers are removed. And most importantly, that they they come to a place where they feel valued and they feel appreciated. Yes. So thank you for having us today. Thank, thank you, you so much. Amia Massey, the Director of Human Resources, and Lisa Wasin, the Risk Manager for uh, Human Resources. Thank you both so much for coming in. Thank, thank you. you. The Savvy Citizen Podcast is a production of the Gaston County Communications Office. It is hosted by Janet Schaefer and Adam Gobb, and its senior field correspondent is Elizabeth McGee. Editor and producer is Joshua Braswell. Coming up next week as we turn the calendar to February here on Savvy Citizen, we've got Linda Mingus in along with one of our longtime volunteers at the Cooperative Extension talking about her Master Food Volunteer Program. 